One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Tuesday. We are only one day away from Arsenal's return to the Champions League. How good does that sound? Very, very good indeed. Mikel Arteta will be speaking later today, about 3.30pm UK time, holding his press conference at London Colney ahead of that game tomorrow night against PSV. So we should get all the very latest from him. I imagine there's going to be an awful lot of excitement around the training ground at the moment. Arsenal worked so, so hard. It's been a long old journey, hasn't it? Since that haunting defeat against Bayern Munich 5-1 at the Emirates, 10-2 on aggregate. The last time Arsenal were in action in the Champions League. I can't believe how long ago that was. What's gone on since then, the changes at the club. But it feels very, very ready now, Arsenal, as a football club to return to the Champions League. I think and I can't wait to see how they get on with that. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for um, Mikel Arteta's press conference. One thing to note before I get really sort of cracking into today's episode, is that there is going to be no Inside Arsenal extra time tonight with myself and James Benj. Apologies for that, but James has been away on holiday and he's just messaged me. He's stuck at the airport. He's got a four and a half hour delay at the airport and he's not going to get back until much, much later tonight, which means we're not going to be able to record. And because there's just no point recording tomorrow ahead of the Champions League game, we're going to do it on Thursday afternoon instead so inside extra inside arsenal extra time this week will now be on thursday night not on tuesday so we'll be reflecting on hopefully a champions league win for arsenal and we'll be looking ahead to north london derby as well so keep your eyes peeled for that a little bit later on in the week than previously scheduled inside arsenal extra time is now going to be on thursday okay let's talk about arsenal then shall we and what's going on at the moment i don't know if you've seen it or not but the 2023-24 official squad photo has now been revealed there it is if you look watching this on youtube you could see it arsenal um looking very very smart there in their squad it's a good squad i think when you look at it on paper and you look at it like that and you see everyone lined up it's a very strong squad i think um 
just the whole way through it, it just looks like a really strong squad. I know people are saying, oh, how Cedric got in there? But we all know Cedric's still there at the moment. Um, but on the whole, you know, when you think where Arsenal have been over the last sort of five, six years, you look at the quality of the squad, the quality of the players, and then you look at this squad, it's very, very strong. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they get on. It was interesting that Urien Timber was uh, as part of the squad photo as well. Not just that he was part of it, because that's probably too expected, but the fact he's walking pretty comfortably there and unaided, not on crutches. He was on crutches last time we saw him a couple of weeks ago, but now he's not on crutches and he was involved in the team. I've seen lots of stories, classic stories doing around on the internet this morning. Arsenal received massive Urien Timber injury boost because he's seen like this, look, he's not close to return. He's just undergone major, major surgery. He's got, you know, it's an ACL injury just because he's seen here walking around. Uh, don't suddenly think he's going to be back in about a month's time or anything like that. He's a long, long way back. He's got a long road of recovery still to go. So don't get too excited. But it is good just for him to be involved and stuff. You can see smiling there with William Saliba. But it felt good to be out on the grass and just to feel like a footballer again. Because when you go through these type of injuries, and I remember Hector Bellerin talking about it at length during his sort of rehab and when he, he did that sort of documentary afterwards, which was, Sort of following him during that rehab and he spoke at times of how dark it could be for a footballer when you go through an injury like that and you're away from the rest of the team they all go out to the training pitches every day you have to go into you know the the medical unit and just stretch and rehab and try and strengthen you just got hours and hours every single day of every single week for months and it could be a really dark time for footballers. So just something like this, I'm sure, will be really, really good for you and Timber to get on. Just feel like part of the squad again, feel like part of the team again. But if you're getting excited that he's suddenly going to be back in action, just temper those expectations. It's not going to happen. But it was uh, it was very good to see nonetheless. OK, let's talk about Wednesday night, shall we? Like I said, Mikel will be giving his press conference a little bit later on today, around 3.30pm. Well, that's when it's scheduled often that runs late when it comes to UEFA press conferences. Um, but So we'll get the very latest from him in terms of team news then. But from what we know so far, obviously we're not expecting Gabriel Martinelli to play. It'll be interesting to hear what Mikel says about the extent of Martinelli's hamstring injury at the presser later on today. I mean, any sort of injury when it comes to a hamstring, especially for a player like Martinelli, relies so heavily on his pace and his um, sort of acceleration it's not a good thing. And you would expect you're looking at three to four weeks out. I mean, there's another international break not too far around the corner. You'd probably look at that and wonder if Martinelli's going to be back in action before then. Hopefully it will. And who knows? Maybe it got caught really, really early against Everton. And it might not be a, you know, a significant hamstring injury. And who, you know, hopefully he could be back in a week or two. But I don't know. It's it's tough to feel really good about a, a hamstring problem, especially for a place like a player like Martinelli with hit all of his strengths and how much his game is focused around speed and acceleration. But we'll get more from him, but look, he's not going to be playing tomorrow. I think we all know that. So there's going to be no Martinelli. Of course, Thomas Partey is still coming back from his injury as well, still a couple of weeks away, we believe. So he's not going to be involved either. You're in timber, of course, um, added to that sort of long-term injury list. But other than uh, aside from that, Arsenal are looking pretty, pretty good when it comes to team news. Ahead of the game, you would expect probably Leandro Trossard to keep his place, given how he came on. He scored the goal against Everton. He looked very, very good in the second half. You would expect Trossard will start in place of Martinelli on the left. And then it's just a case of what Mikel is thinking when it comes to some of the other key areas on his team. There is that big, big game on Sunday, of course, the North London derby now just around the corner. And when you 
choosing your team for Wednesday night. He's got to be thinking ahead to Sunday as well, Mikel Arteta. It's very, very hard. This will be Sunday will be the third game in seven days by the time it rolls around. And you've got to manage your squad and manage it well. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays into his thinking at all when it comes to the Champions League game on Wednesday night, which again, I hate that using that phrase on paper, but when you're thinking about what potentially will be the easier game out of the two, PSV or Tottenham, you would maybe say PSV, but it's so essential that Arsenal get this Champions League campaign off to a winning start on Wednesday night. They cannot afford a slip-up. PSV are in good form. They've won all four of their opening games so far in the area divisi. They sit top of the table. They've scored 13 goals in those four games. They've only conceded one. So they're playing good football. They're going to arrive here with good momentum. They showed against Arsenal last season. There are no pushovers. They comfortably beat Arsenal in Holland. Arsenal edge into a win at the Emirates 1-0 against them. So they're going to be no pushovers. Arsenal cannot afford to take them lightly. And I'm sure Mikel will, well, he certainly will know that when it comes to his team selections. And it's just a case of what is he going to do and what are the key decisions that he is going to have to make. And they sort of run through the sort of central point of the team, I would say. And we know with the goalkeeper, that's going to be a big, big thing on Wednesday night. You know, what do you do? He brought David Raya in against Everton, kept a clean sheet. It was a big, big decision. It's one that's generated so much talking points, so much speculation. There's already stories doing the rounds about Aaron Ramsdale potentially leaving, Chelsea being interested, Bayern Munich being interested. And look, while it's very, very early for that, Aaron Ramsdale is not going to go anywhere this season. Arsenal are not going to make a change in January and sell Aaron Ramsdale bringing a goalkeeper if something were to happen you'd think it would happen in the summer um but you know just making that decision was always going to generate stories like this if you leave if basically you know Aaron Ramsdale is competing for the England number one spot he's just played for England against Scotland he's just been named amongst the sort of the nine or eight best goalkeepers in Europe up for the um for the award winner the Ballon d'Or for the goalkeepers so if you leave him out of the team it's going to generate massive headlines and that's what it's done and these stories doing the rounds now of potential interest in Aaron Ramsdale. There will be. Clubs will be interested and that's just the way it's going to be. So it'll be really interesting. Will he come back in? Is this going to be how it's going to go from now on? Raya in goal for the Premier League, Aaron Ramsdale in goal for the cup competitions, including the Champions League. Will that be enough to keep Aaron Ramsdale happy? We shall wait and see, but it's a big, big decision facing um, Mikel Arteta with a goalkeeper. Love to hear what you guys would think. Of course, who should play in goal tomorrow night? Let me know what you think in the comments below. Should it be Aaron Ramsdale? Should it be David Raya? Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Elsewhere, Kai Havertz was left on a bench against Everton. Big decision. I was surprised. I thought Havertz would play that game and start that game. Um, in a way, I think it was a really good decision. It worked out to be a good decision. And it kind of showed 
that you're rewarded for good performances. Fabio Vieira has played so, so well when he's come off the bench. He's made big, big impacts and he got his reward for that. He got a start against Everton. I think that sends out a really good signal to the rest of the squad. Now it's what do you do on Wednesday night? Does Kai Havertz come back in? Does Fabio Vieira keep his place? If he does, does he then play against Tottenham and play th- start three games in a week? So there's big decisions there. There to be made. Kai Havertz, we know is very, very experienced when it comes to Champions League football. He scored the winning goal in a Champions League final. Um, he's been brought in for Champions League football, you know, been a big, big reason why Arsenal decided to bring Kai Havertz in. So does he come back into the side? And then what do you do up front? I think this one, I think it's a given. I'll be very, very surprised if Gabriel Jesus doesn't start against PSV. I think Eddie struggled against Everton. He's had a good run in the side. He's played a lot, He's played all the games so far this season. But Gabriel Jesus, it feels like the time is right to give him a start ahead of Tottenham at the weekend, give him 60 minutes potentially tomorrow, get those minutes into his leg. And then that will, you know, you think he'll be fit and properly raring to go against Tottenham, which I fully expect he'll start that game as well on Sunday. So as much as I call it a big decision, I don't think that one all out of all of them, I think that one's a relatively simple decision for me. I think Gabriel Jesus has to start this one. To, not only because I think Eddie's struggling and Jesus feels like a good time to come in, but also to get 60 minutes into his legs as you continue to build up his fitness ahead of that game against Tottenham. But let me know what you guys think. Who do you think Mikel should start? What what would your predicted 11 be? What would the 11 be that you would choose? Let me know anything like that, that I've discussed. Let me know, as always, in the comments below. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now. There's one here from Le Champaire. Uh, says, hi, Charles. In my in my opinion, Arsenal's move for Raya has been a really smart business from a financial perspective. They now have two top Premier League proven goalkeepers on the books, which will make for a fascinating battle with the outlook of making a hefty profit or one of the two next summer or against all the odds they will accept Arteta's co-goalkeeping model and live happily ever after. Don't think that will happen. If Ramsdale moves on, look what United played for Anana. And with depreciation of his transfer fee already well advanced, the accounting department will have something to cheer about for once. Seems like a breath of fresh air. And yes, that Holdini deal was atrocious business. I agree with that, certainly. Yeah, look, I think whatever happens, it's... Look, Arsenal are in a really good position. As much as it is a difficult situation for the goalkeepers, especially for the one who's not going to be playing, which at the moment looks like could be Ramsdale, as much as a difficult position for them, for Arsenal, it's a really good position that for... A, potentially for one season only because I don't see this playing out long term it just doesn't work like that it's going to be like I said in the summer I imagine one will go but for this season only Arsenal in a really good position of having two top quality goalkeepers if one got injured another one can come in and there's no major drop-off in form so the squad looks really strong from that point of view and I agree if and it's the way at the moment I think it will play out is that Raya will be number one and I think Ramsdale will probably go in the summer and there's no, that's no information based. That's just opinion based. Because, like I said, you know, Ramsdale's pushing to become England number one. He's a proven Premier League goalkeeper now. He's not going to want to sit on the bench for a long term. And I don't see this co goalkeeping co goalkeeping model, as you call it, there. I just don't see it working for the long term. As much as Mikel can talk about it, can you know have all the sound bites in the press conference, it just won't happen long term because one of the goalkeepers is not going to be happy. He's going to want to be playing. And if Arsenal do end up having a sell Ramsdale in the summer, like I said, there's already links to Chelsea and Bayern Munich. They will certainly make a healthy profit on him, no doubt about that. And there will be a lot of interest in Aaron Ramsdale come the summer as well. So, yeah, I think whatever happens from a financial perspective for a season in terms of football perspective, I think Arsenal are in a strong position when it comes to the goalkeepers. Here's one here from 
Baring Richard 3850 says, Hi Charles, I think Mikel saying he regretted not changing a goalkeeper in the 60th, 85th minute. Could have been during the Europa League game against Sporting. I expected Turner to come in before the penalty shootout. I thought it was a better shot stopper than Rambo. Then the game against Fulham because Raya is better when it comes to crosses. Fulham were under Fulham were using counter-attack crosses and set piece. No wonder their equaliser came from a set piece. Yeah, I think the, the Sporting one's interesting. A few of you got in touch and mentioned that Sporting game. The only thing that I would be like, I'm not sure about is that the way Arteta was talking about it in the press conference after Everton was that he felt he needed to change the momentum of the game. And so I don't think making that change for a penalty shootout changes the momentum of the game. I think tactically it's a very, you know, it, it probably would have worked or it could have worked because Turner's a great goalkeeper when it comes to penalties. But it was just the way Mikel was talking about it there. It felt to me like he was talking about how he wanted the momentum of games to change by making these goalkeeper substitutions. And I don't think doing that, that's purely for a penalty shootout. I don't think that would have been aimed at changing the momentum of the game. I think the Fulham one, it certainly makes sense that one of the games he's talking about would be that one. Because we saw what happened. Arsenal went 2-1 in front and they seemed to sit back a little bit, even though Fulham were down to 10 men. And that gave Fulham the, the option of getting forward, trying to get themselves a set piece, which they did, which they scored from. So I think certainly that is one of the games he must have been talking about. Uh, here's one from Jamin1051. says, 100% agree, Charles. It's all about control. Uh, sorry, it's about more control, but also getting more squad members in voices earlier in the season and figuring out some more relationships on the pitch, which we really lacked last season. I think the idea that we're building um, and wish I like the idea that we're building and wish some fans would just relax a bit more about not being on as fire as we were after five games last season. Interestingly enough on that, if Arsenal beat Spurs on Sunday, then they will have a better record after six games than they did at this point last season, which would be pretty mad considering how I think we all accept that Arsenal have not been brilliant yet this season. They haven't really hit top gear yet. Last season, they were flying. We're getting praised by everyone for, by their performances. But of course, they lost their sixth game after winning their first five. They went to Old Trafford and then lost the sixth game. So they were on 15 points from a possible 18. If Arsenal beat Spurs on Sunday, they will have 16 points from a possible 18, um, which will be a really impressive start even though they haven't played particularly well. And yes, I agree. I do look at what Arsenal, how they're playing now. And I think it, there is definitely, you know, a deliberate ploy to try and get more controlling games. And that's what Mikel Arteta wants. And maybe that will be a little bit more boring, if that's the right word. But, you know, sometimes you look at Manchester City, you watch their games and they are pretty dull because they just control them so much. And... I wonder if that's that is the plan this season, and that's what Mikel thinks Arsenal need to do to get to next le to get to next level, to be a little bit less chaotic than they were at times last season, and maybe a little bit more, less emotional as well. Okay, lastly here, here's one from Live Learn and Teach seven four zero two says, "Doesn't Gabriel have to play the ball forward? It didn't look forward to me until it hit the Everton player. Am I missing something?" Is there some small point on some law? I am not getting this. Is of course, in relation to the disallowed goal at Goodison Park when Gabriel's square pass took a deflection off Beto, went into the path of Nketiah, and then Martinelli ended up scoring, but the goal was ruled out after that VAR check. Um, well, the law, the law, it doesn't matter if the ball's going sideways or backwards. It does, the direction of travel of the ball does not matter um, for this and so, yeah, by the letter of law, it was a correct decision. Um, so, yeah, although, you know, a, a lot of people have said this, a lot of people said he's not playing the ball forward, he was playing it backwards or playing it sideways. Um, so why does it matter that 
uh, Eddie was in an offside position, but the direction of travel, it it doesn't matter. It's not. It doesn't have to be played forward. It doesn't. Have, it, the, the way he played it, it doesn't make any difference. The fact that he was offside when the ball deflected into the path, it it just doesn't matter that it was played backwards. So uh, yeah, and look, I'm not absolute expert by any means when it comes to to the offside rules. I don't think there are very very few people are, but Dale Johnson over at ESPN, he does a very good sort of VAR review type piece every single Monday sort of reflecting on the big controversial moments he's the person to uh, follow on social for all of these things and he gives really good explanations of the law and how VAR is put into practice and um, he gave a really good review as usual for after the Everton game on the Monday explaining explaining all of this actually I'll drop it in the uh, I'll drop it in the description below the link to it if you haven't read it yet and he explains really well why the goal was ruled out and why by the letter of the law it was the correct decision all right, that's it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Have a very good end to Tuesdays. Remember, there is no Inside Arsenal Extra Time. As I said at the start of this episode, that will now be moved to Thursday because James is stuck somewhere in Europe at an airport, being delayed by four and a half hours. So, unfortunately, no recording, but we will be doing it on Thursday night this week instead. Until then, everyone, have a very good Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Champions League football returns to the Emirates Stadium tomorrow. So, have a great day. Until then be back speak to you very very soon small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five and one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 